be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our text is the Holy Gospel from Luke chapter 3. Today we celebrate the baptism of our Lord, but it is perhaps one of the least understood events in our Lord's earthly ministry. Just what was it and what does it mean? The word ministry really means service, but who is serving whom? It seems that a good many people fail to understand that the baptism of our Lord is the beginning of His official public ministry for the world. They don't comprehend that Jesus is submitting to something for which He has no need. Earlier in the chapter, Luke tells us that John was out in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Finally, Jesus comes for baptism. And while Luke doesn't tell us that John first objected, he tells us simply that Jesus was baptized along with all of the other sinners. Why did John baptize Jesus even though Jesus did not need to repent, even though Jesus had no sin? Because Jesus was now declaring Himself to be in solidarity with all sinners. Just as Jesus became true man in His incarnation, so now He takes humanity's place to receive God's wrath against sin. Jesus becomes the biggest sinner in the world. He was fulfilling His God-given role as the Lamb of God. In John's account, we hear that clearly proclaimed as John points to Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And he says this not once, but twice. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. At the baptism of Jesus, Luther says, Jesus really becomes the Christ. He is baptized as the sinner who is now carrying the sins of the world. At that moment, He begins to carry the burden of our sin to the cross, and He will carry it throughout the rest of His mortal life. Our sin then has been transferred to Christ. He will carry it all the way to Calvary. To better understand this whole scene, we should know something of the Old Testament and the great Day of Atonement. On that great Day of Atonement, also known as Yom Kippur, the high priest would offer a sacrifice of a bull for the sins of the priests, and then sacrifice a lamb for the sins of the people. The blood of this lamb was sprinkled on the mercy seat on behalf of those sins. The lamb died innocently, shedding its blood for the people. And then another lamb was brought forward, 
And the priest laid his hands on the head of this lamb and confessed all of their sins on this lamb. They were put on his head, so to speak. This lamb was known as the scapegoat. A scapegoat is an innocent person who gets blamed for the wrongs of somebody else. Perhaps you've been the scapegoat at work or at home other situations in life. But Jesus was this lamb, this scapegoat. And this scapegoat was then led out into the wilderness, carrying away the sins of the people as John had proclaimed. And out there in the wilderness, wild animals would attack and kill this lamb, the sins dying with it. The sins having been removed from the people. And all of this was a picture of what Jesus would do in his life and death. In other words, the baptism of Jesus was the real thing. Not just a picture. Not just a prophecy. And so, a great exchange took place on the great day of atonement. The sins of the people were put on the lambs and the righteousness, the innocence of the lambs was transferred to the people. And all of this was prophetic and symbolic of what Jesus would do throughout His entire earthly ministry, culminating finally in His death on the cross. Listen to a couple of our hymns describe it. First, the great Christmas hymn by Nicholas Herrmann, Let All Together Praise Our God. He undertakes a great exchange, puts on our human frame, and in return gives us His realm, His glory, and His name, His glory, and His name. He is a servant, I a Lord. How great a mystery! How strong the tender Christ child's love! No truer friend than He, no truer friend than He. The second is another well-known hymn, O Four Thousand Tongues to Sing, this stanza. See all your sins on Jesus laid, the Lamb of God was slain. His soul was once an offering made for every soul of man. Where does all of this take place? God always acts concretely. He puts His forgiveness where sinners can find it, where He directs them. And He directs us first to holy baptism. Jesus was baptized into all of our wretchedness and unhappiness. Jesus took all of our sin, guilt, and misery on Himself when He was baptized. Did not the prophet Isaiah foretell it when he wrote, He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him 
stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. Such sweet words in the sinner's ears. Jesus entered into this great exchange when He took upon Himself everything that has made us miserable in this life. He took it into His own body and carried it throughout His earthly ministry and finally took it to the cross where He made an end of it all. Like all those Old Testament lambs, Jesus died innocently in our place. He took upon Himself our sin, all of them, our misery, our punishment, our death, and we received His righteousness, His sinlessness, His life. The Apostle Paul puts all of this into the context of holy baptism. He writes, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? We were buried, therefore, with Him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For every Christian, then, the great exchange happened on the day of his baptism. It happens that way for every sinful child of man. And so, too, it has happened for you. The great exchange was made for you when you were baptized. All of your sin, all of that sin that you inherited from your parents and all of the sins that you have added to it throughout your life were all placed on Jesus and Jesus gave you His righteousness, His holiness. In His innocent death, He took your sin away He carried it away just as that scapegoat carried them into the wilderness never to be seen again. Jesus carries your sin and you receive His righteousness. It is all His work. You do nothing but simply receive this wonderful gift. And yet... There are those who view baptism as man's work, man's decision, and yet it never is. It is pure giftedness. An infant being baptized exemplifies this best because this child can do nothing to receive the gift. No decision, no testimony, just pure reception. Christ sought you and called you out by name. Again, the prophet Isaiah, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. How can you be sure that this is so? Don't look to your feelings or your emotions because they're often faulty. 
Look only to the heavenly seal, the word from the Father Himself. When the confirmation of Jesus' ministry came with the Holy Spirit descending on Him like a dove, there was also the Father's own voice from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. Now, if the Father in heaven is pleased with Jesus because of what Jesus is doing, then He is pleased with you because you have been baptized into Christ's death and resurrection. God the Father approves this great exchange that His Son has made for you. God appeared at Jesus' baptism And He appears also at every proper Christian baptism. Listen to what Luther says. Indeed, if I had the matter under my control, I would not want God to speak to me from heaven or to appear to me. But this I would want. And my daily prayers are directed to this end, that I might have the proper respect and true appreciation for the gift of baptism that I have been baptized and that I see and hear brothers who have the grace and gift of the Holy Spirit and are able to comfort and encourage with the word to admonish, warn, and teach. For what better and more profitable appearance of God do you want? So in the baptism of our Lord, all righteousness is fulfilled. Sin is forgiven. And then something happens that has never happened before. The heavens were opened. Jesus has opened heaven for all who are baptized into His death and resurrection. What a wonderful, comforting picture this is for you. You and I don't physically see the heavens opened at holy baptism, but there is a usual friendly and intimate way that it happens among us. God presents Himself to us in the Word, in the use of the keys, in holy baptism, in the Holy Supper. Sin, death, and damnation stop because of Christ and His righteousness. He takes on your sin, your death, and He gives you His righteousness and His life. And again, this great exchange continues for you as you hear Christ's Word and you receive His body and blood in the sacrament. He is so rich in grace and mercy that we can scarcely fathom it all. You are forgiven in Christ. He has opened heaven for you. You are His beloved child. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus.